chapter seven, the arrest. The arrest. So as as a quick review, just before this, so like boys found Chet's car. Uh, there was a sneaker, and then they drove into town, and no one cared about them. No, they the town was not interested in these high school boys and their car. Yeah, because everyone was uh, interested in this robbery that happened, and so. Boys go home and Fenton Hardy was the tower mansion that was robbed, and we're getting closer to our On titular page 50, mystery. I, I believe is yes. when we got our first introduction to the tower mansion, Indeed. the title of and, the book. Yeah, and then uh, so in the last chapter, we found that Herd Applegate, the uh, proprietor of the mansion, the the rich, wealthy former military guy, I guess, yes, son of Major, uh, son of Major Applegate. Yes, I guess he himself maybe didn't have military uh, military history, but. Uh, Applegate was sure that it was Mr. Robinson, uh, the Hardy Boys' friend Slim, Slim's dad, Slim's Mr. Dad. Robinson. Yeah. The caretaker. The caretaker at the mansion knew – he had assumed that Robinson was the thief. And then the ch- the chapter six ended with uh, Slim saying, you know, it's got to be okay for my dad. My dad's innocent. Like, help. The end. Then we get to uh, – spoiler alert – the arrest. Ooh. The chapter is called "The Arrest." What a title! I mean, we knew we were in for a good one. And I'll, I'll say, in their defense, this is a chapter where, again, spoiler alert, but you've all read the chapter. There was an arrest. An that arrest happened. did happen. Yeah. Is... It was a lead up to an arrest. Impressive. It, it was well done. Finally, a good time. A good tie into the uh, the chapter title. So, Franklin. I, I salute you this time on your accuracy. You've done well, Franklin. Um, first line. So what I'm going to talk about in this chapter is um, the criminal justice system in general. And I'm going to revisit this note of uh, what does is, what is process look like? That because that's where I kept question. getting hung up because no one seemed to care. And I don't know if Bayport's like the Wild West um, or – and and not to draw the stark political commentary of like you know people with money and power get what they want all the time even in modern days yeah like you could argue that you know you skirt the law white crime white collar crime right. is you know largely unpunished um, yeah it's and, a blind eye and it's very possible that this this could be we could see evidence of that here in this in this chapter uh, but the first thing is uh, the first sentence. Frank and Joe were determined to help their chum prove his father's innocence. Right now, his father's innocence is not a sure thing. It's completely that, unproven. Yeah, it's and Slim fr- saying, no, my dad's not that type of guy. Yeah, he's an honest man. Frank's first thing is, of course he's innocent. And yeah, I'm thinking, you haven't done any detection yet. Yeah, your, your job <laughs> the, is to sort of root through this emotional the reaction. The that you have is that someone broke into the safe. They obviously knew the safe's numbers. Yeah, the, it, it was the an code inside to the job. Safe. It's an inside Seems, job. Somebody knew. And it. there's even more that like makes us believe that it is Mr. Robinson down the line. Yet they're still not even paying attention to the clues. They just want to be like, "Well, come on, he's our chum. Yeah, he's he's got to be innocent. His dad's honest." And I wonder, like, how many detectives, modern day detectives, or or even actual detectives back in this time, like their friends. They didn't ask for evidence. Like if somebody's like, hey, somebody stole my car. They're just like, oh, no, I will find them. You wait here. Yeah. All I need to know is that you 
you're pretty sure that someone stole your car and you're not just doing this for the insurance money. Oh, I yeah. gotcha, buddy. Oh, that happens all the time. Um, so, so this is the first in a long string of assumptions made in this chapter, which yeah. just sort of knock me down. <laughs> as I, I keep coming back to the question of like, wait, aren't you supposed to be detectives? Yes, that's the, that's the, the theme. This chapter I guess, of this is chapter. less about detection and more about just being like, well, this is our friend's dad. Yeah. And the like, the Hardy Boys are, are good boys. Okay, they're going to stand up for their friend, not what's you know what's right, or not pay attention to clues. They are bad detectives. And and I feel like this goes right back into the the modern commentary of the, they're they're affluent boys. Yeah, Mister Hardy has he can clearly afford a file of disguises. He's got some money. Yeah, and I feel like that sort of precedes him. Um, and people just sort of trust him because he's somewhat, you know, reserved and, and speaks mm. speaks carefully. He speaks carefully, are, yeah. Oh, this this man. is a well-spoken gentleman. Exactly. He's the world's greatest detective. So uh, so by association, so are his boys. Yeah, so the boy says, uh, but things look pretty, pretty black right now. Uh, unless Mr. Hardy can catch the real thief, I'm afraid Dad will be blamed for the robbery. And I just wrote in the, in the margin, justice. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Like, again, they're forgetting, like, hey, there is still a trial. It's yeah. not just like, well, we couldn't catch anyone else, so it's going to be your dad. Sorry, oh, boys. I love that. Yeah. That's Justice. laws. That's how it works, boys. That is how it works. I do uh, like that, though. But things look pretty black right now, the boy said. He was white-faced and shaken. I just thought. I did circle both of those. Yeah, I was there. like. Black and white. I wonder if that means anything. Things look pretty pretty black right now. He was white-faced. Yeah. I don't know. Right? You know, the whole, like, racism behind these books just has me looking into everything. Yeah. I think I'm black overanalyzing and really at a point. To it. Yeah. I, I was having that issue in this whole chapter. Um, he's been a faithful employee. Even Mr. Applegate will have to admit that, which won't help him much if he can't clear himself of the charge. And then I thought, wait, innocent till proven guilty. That wasn't like a construct of the 70s, was it? Like, I feel yeah. like that's been a thing in our justice system for a while. But then they're about to drop the bomb. Following exactly that is, and dad admits that he did know the combination of the safe. Although, of course, he'd never use it. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'd never use it. I wrote in my margin. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course he wouldn't use it. And everyone just agreeing. Oh, of course. Well, he said he wouldn't do it. He's honest. Yes. Yeah. It's Slim's an dad. honest man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which Joe finally, someone is like, wait, he knew it? He knew the combination? So it's like, okay, Joe. Where's this going? Are the tables turning? Is Joe going to be like on the opposite side thinking like, Slim, maybe your dad did steal this money. I mean, he just got a bunch of money. He got $900 out of nowhere. Where'd that come from? Which then that comes up in a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do this out of order a little bit. But in, yeah. shortly in the chapter, there's something about like uh, he says, like, you know, if I had stolen it. Um, like, yeah, why would I tell you? Well, like uh, Applegate says. You know, pretty convenient that you happen to have the 900 bucks you owed me on the day of the robbery. Yeah. And I thought, that's a bold robber <laughs> who just, like, makes change right then and, like, pays back. Like, I feel like you would wait a week and be like, oh, and by the way, here's here's the money I owe you. Like, I yeah. know time has passed since the robbery. But, like, to rob someone and then immediately pay them back, like, that <laughs> morning yet seems seems like a bold move of a robber. 
But but to, to return chronologically to where we are. Yeah. So so Joe asks like, wait, he knew the combination, and I don't want to, I don't want to. This, this chapter I feel like is going to take us a little bit of time to get through. This may be a longer uh, episode. Here. Oh no doubt about it. There's a and, lot that happens. But will you read this entire paragraph? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Take me through Slim's story of how Dad knew the combination. Dad learned the combination accidentally. It was a simple one, so he couldn't forget it. This was how it happened. One day, he was cleaning the library fireplace. He found a piece of paper with numbers on it. He studied them and decided that they were the safe combination. Dad laid, up, Dad laid the paper on the desk. The window was open, and he figured the breeze must have blown the paper to the floor. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I just wrote, what a, you what gone a fudged up. Well, what a strange story that his dad would have had to relate to Slim <laughs> in this amount I, of detail. I hope that was verbatim too. <laughs> just, uh, just Mr. Robinson, a Slim. Open, so I guess that breeze Slim, took it away. You get this right when you tell them. <laughs> yeah. It said the window was open. The breeze probably blew it on the floor. <laughs> Listen, make sure you mention that I studied that code. I looked at it and I studied it hard, and then I thought this must be a safe combination. So uh, this this chapter sort of occurs like we've got this inside the room, outside of the room thing. So we've been outside of the room with the boys. Now we're going inside. Yeah. Um, from the library came the hum of voices, the harsh tones of Herd Applegate oh, occasionally Herd rose above the murmur of conversation. And finally, the boys heard Mr. Robinson's voice rise sharply. I didn't do it. I tell you, I didn't take that money. And uh, now we get into and then the Applegate $900. saying, you know, then where did you get the $900 you paid on that note? Silence. Where did you get it? I'm not at liberty to tell you or anyone else. Why not? I got the money honestly. That's all I can say about it. So then they go further into this debate. But I'm thinking, okay, so my first issue with this chapter is like, you know, due process. Yeah. Where's due process in this? But if that's not a thing, A, no one has said that. Like – I don't know when the phrase like, hey, I'm going to talk to my lawyer. When that first started coming up, I guess that got popularized with Hollywood and yeah, from you know, movies a little and, bit before yeah. then and, and, and you know, cop drama shows. But if Robinson knows that if he doesn't clear his name, he's screwed in a, in a time before like DNA evidence was a thing. Like they didn't know about DNA at this point. Right, yeah, they just had fingertips. Yeah, they, yeah, they had and they had, and uh, hairs and yeah, hairs and hats, hairs, hairs hats and, and fingertips, hairs, hats and tips. That's, yeah, that's all you've got to solve a crime. Even though there's multiple hats, but you I got feel caps like and hats. If you know the stakes are that high, why, why say like, oh, I got it honestly, and that's all I can say about yeah. it. We can't talk about this anymore. Drop it. Like, why draw that suspicion? You're setting yourself up. You just admitted that you know the, the codes. Why not lie? Just a little and say, like, yeah. my, my brother loaned me the money and I'm going to pay him back. But, like, that's I'm, – I'm not proud of it. But, yes, I, I borrowed money from my brother to pay back uh, right. Herd. You know – I feel like he's, he's digging himself. They, he's, they he's, say he's, he's an suspicion. honest man and not a stubborn man. An honest man would say, I got the money honestly and here's how I got it. That's him being honest. I think this isn't a, him being honest. It's I think stubborn. there's a difference between honesty and transparency or even being forthcoming. This is true. And I think one can be honest and and say, I got this money legally. Yeah. That's that's not dishonest. Which it's it's selling him to you know, I'm getting the feeling that he got this illegally. 
Well, he's an honest man, and he says he got it legally. All honest men are liars. Is that is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing. I just made that's that up. Powerful. But it's powerful words, right? That's going to be uh, a new bumper sticker available at hardwoodpodcast.com. <laughs> I hope so. All honest men are liars. Is yeah. That... It'll be bought by one person, one person only. Thank you, Brett Hoy. Brett Hoy. Uh, quick shout out, yeah, to our. our... Oh, yeah. As of so, we're recording these and releasing them. At, it's not released right after we record it, yeah. And so there's a bit of a delay here, but uh, this episode's coming out on January seventh. Yep, the um, new year. Happy New Year! Back in the end of November, beginning of December, both Brett Hoy and Jesse Hotley both became patrons of the Hardys oh and Sons podcast. Yeah. So well, huge thank you, a big shout out. Yeah, but. Jesse's at the lowest level, and I'm just saying. I mean, you can't. You could do more. You can do a little better. Yeah, I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Two dollars, like, yeah, thanks, but yeah, I mean, five five would have killed. What you. are we gonna do with two dollars? Okay. I mean, that doesn't cover the whole month. That's Come not on, gonna, that's not gonna get these bumper stickers printed. Is, is all I'm saying. No, no, not at all. But oh, we digress. Ho! That's my favorite line in this. Okay, so we get back. I got the money. Honestly, that's all I can say about it. Immediately, I'm thinking prostitution. And then the next line is, oh, ho. Am I saying that right? Uh, am I, is it at the bottom of 57 yeah. here? It's Mr. Applegate. Oh, ho. Oh, is ho? That, okay. Is that a thing? Is he calling Do him a ho? people say that? Oh, ho. Probably not. Just given the vernacular of some of the stuff we're going to come across yet in this chapter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, that one the language tickled me quite changed. a bit. Oh, ho. You got the money honestly, and you can't tell me where it came from? A pretty story. So he is he's really driving it in, like just yeah. tell me, stop being so stubborn about this. This is an odd time to pick to be suspicious. Yeah. Um and not not looking good for Mr. Robinson. But so we, we keep coming here and, and Mr. Robinson and Mr. Hardy uh and uh Mr. Applegate are all in the room debating this stuff, and uh Applegate wants to press charges. He he wants him arrested. Um and down here uh, he says, like, you know, why didn't you tell me you knew the combination? And Robinson's like, I didn't consider it important. He says, and yet you come and tell me now? And Robinson says, I have nothing to conceal. If I had taken the securities and jewels, I wouldn't be telling you that I knew the combination. <laughs> and Mr. Hardy said, yes, agreed Mr. Hardy. That's a point in your favor, Mr. Robinson. It no, is. it's not. Well, no, it's not. It's clever. The fact of it's saying clever. – if I stole it, I wouldn't tell you that I knew the combination. Yeah. You know who else did this? Like, oh, good point. O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> He's pulling an O.J. before O.J. This is – Okay? If I did it, here's how. Glove don't fit, baby. Yep. Glove don't fit. <laughs> it's just such a conditional statement of like if I had taken the security and jewels, I wouldn't have told you I knew the combination. And a detective being like, oh, <laughs> oh wait a minute! Oh, yeah. That's a good the point. Team, the clock is turning in my head right go. now. Yeah, like that's a point in his favor. He <laughs> said he knew the combination as the only suspect Which, in the case. I was very happy that uh, Applegate called him out. Yeah, it was just like you know Robinson's clever enough to think of a trick like that. Uh, I was like, thank God! <laughs> thank God! Wait a minute! If I <laughs> tell him that I knew the combination, they'll never think that I could have <laughs> stolen the securities. <laughs> Yeah. Why would I steal it? I needed the money and I knew the combination. I wouldn't tell you this. 
But then so it, stupid. Here's where here's where the action of the chapter happens. Uh, Applegate, there's plenty of evidence right this minute to convict him, and I'm not going to delay any further. In a moment, Mr. Applegate's voice continued. Police station. <laughs> Hello? Police station? Which is how... I, I feel that's like that's, on the phone. Like when you listen to the nine one one calls these days, like nine one one, what's your emergency? Police station. Police station. Hello. Police station. The, the best thing too is it didn't even say that he picked up the phone to call anybody. It just said Mister Apple's. Mister Applegate's voice continued. I was like, wait, is he on the phone right now? Is he just yelling? Is police station. Standing in the hallway. Police station. <laughs> this is Applegate speaking. Applegate. Heard Applegate, <laughs> and I feel like if you didn't know Heard Applegate, yeah, that's not going to help. So, like the he person seems like writing, the richest man in town, the the little deputy writing this down is going to be like, wait, I'm sorry, Heard, <laughs> spell that. Is that H E R D? No, H U R D. What? Oh, Heard. It's like oh, turd. <laughs> it's, it's turd with an H. <laughs> that's. <how laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how he explained it in high school, and everyone asked him what his name was. Are you saying bird? No, it's bird. It's like turd with an H. Turd with an H. A turd? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a family name. Don't worry about it. Yes, I want him arrested. You'll be up right away. Fine. Goodbye. You're not going to have me arrested, Mr. Applegate. Why not? You're the thief. It may have been better to wait a while, Mr. Hardy interposed, at least until there was more evidence. And th- this is, again, where I come back to, like, where's Duprat? Like, yeah. can you just call the police and be like, hello, arrest <laughs> police this station. person, police station, <laughs> arrest this person. And they're just like, you got it, buddy. Yeah. So we'll be there in a minute to arrest the person you want us to arrest. But it no doesn't seem like asked. the police have done much. There's been a hold up. They haven't arrested anyone for that. The man that stole this car doesn't even seem like they're looking for that guy. No. And again, why – I feel like with a case this big yeah, and with the total lack of you know, circumstantial evidence and you know, science, yeah. with, with, with how vague all of this is, I feel like I would want to involve the cops as much as possible yes. if only to cover my own – like as a detective even to be like, well, OK, well, as we have this discussion – Let's have a cop here. Let's bring in a cop or two. Just so the cop can be like, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is above board. Why else are they paying taxes? Exactly. You, know? you can't just bring in and Mr. Hardy That gets Hardy into a bigger discussion I'd like to have right now. Oh, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so you'll have plenty of time to think about it in penitentiary. You'll be in the Ooh. penitentiary a long time. A long time. I um, mean, that is just dramatic. I yeah, mean, Applegate so, is the only one speaking the truth here. He's speaking with confidence. Hey, confidence anyway. is truth. He's a confidence man. I like the confidence. Confidence is truth. The best thing to That's another bumper is, sticker. Confidence is truth. Confidence is truth. He's doing this all in front of the boy's son, too. I mean, this is his caretaker. Yeah, this it, man has been with his family forever, and he's speaking to him like this in front of his own child. And and as we're about to find out, the whole family works at the mansion. <laughs> yeah. It's not just a father-son gig that they've had going. We're about yeah. to meet the rest of, the whole of Slim's family. And they live on the property. They're caretakers. They've known this family probably their whole life. And this is another scene that I think we should take just a minute with because there's some gold here. Oh, there um, is. So dad's arrested. Yeah. Dad's arrested. Um 
My dad's innocent, the boy muttered over and over again, clenching his fists. I know he is. They can't arrest him. Frank patted him on the shoulder. Brace up, pal. <laughs> it looks discouraging just now, but I'm sure your father will be able to clear himself. Which, I wouldn't be so sure. I'm starting to think also, Slim, every line he has said up until this point is, my dad's innocent. My dad's innocent. And he's saying it to himself over and over. I'm starting to think that Slim might have some mental problems. The, it, it Clenching his fish is, my dad is innocent. My dad is innocent. I think this dude's got multiple personalities. I'm calling gonna it They're going to Brandon Dassey this kid. Oh, yeah. You watch. They're going to Brandon Dassey this kid and hang Mr. Robinson for the crime. Oh, yeah. Just like they did in making a murderer. <laughs> ah. So okay, so so he's being arrested, um, and then Slim says, "Well, Slim stammers, I'll I'll have to tell mother." Ooh. Yeah, you will. Yeah, Dad's being arrested. That's, Someone needs to tell. Someone's her. gonna tell yeah. mother, and then this will break her heart. Yeah, it will. Her husband's being arrested and going to jail. These are harsh truths that, that Dude, you will like have this. to deal with. This will break her heart. And my sisters. And my sisters. Let me throw that in there. I also have a bunch of sisters. This family yeah. has gotten bigger. And as we learn, uh, the two sisters, Paula and Tessie, 12-year-old twins, um, but we're about to meet Mrs. Robinson. And uh, again, you and I both, as we were sitting here next to each other reading this, yeah. cracked up on this line. It is too much. And to be fair... At the time, it meant something different. But see, I don't know I, what it meant at the time. So the the line is, uh, "There in a neat. Uh, this is just down the east wing uh, in a sparsely furnished apartment. They found Mrs. Robinson, a gentle, kind faced woman who was lame. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, your mom is gentle and kind faced, but she's lame. So I." I I'm pretty sure that lame means handicapped in some way, like a physical disability. Oh, like now I feel bad for laughing. Well, it's 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 a turn of the phrase, but I'm just saying in in a modern reading, yeah, like this was only updated in '59. They didn't update it with things being on fleek and all it's, the millennials. Terrible! Speak. I'm never going to call anyone lame again. But yeah, this does uh, just make her. Oh, your mom's super lame, <laughs> super lame, bro. But I, I, as I read this, and we've talked about how women are described in these books. <laughs> yeah, I, Mrs. Robinson was a gentle, <laughs> kind, and I'm like, oh, kind. And no, yeah. it's kind-faced woman. They They're had talking added about the face. Again. I know. Yeah. That's immediately what I thought. But this is the first woman we've met who's not cooking, who's not actively cooking for us or have having just completed some sort of yeah. cooking. So now that's actually true. Her. Does it even say what she was doing? Uh, she was seated in a chair by the window anxiously waiting. That's what she was doing. Wow. Her father's okay. being interrogated by a... Uh, ruthless millionaire who lived a simple life with just a couple of servants. <laughs> just a few. Those servants included all of his family. <laughs> What's the news, son? Bad mother. They're they're not arresting him. Uh, and then uh, Perry nodded. And then Tessie protested, but they can't. He couldn't do anything like that. It's wrong. And I thought, like, yeah, Tessie, you're right. They can't just arrest him for a, an evidenceless crime. Yeah. You should all relax and talk to the police instead of – because the only people that have weighed in at this point have been the irate millionaire. Yes. And that's it. That's the only person who's made any decisions here about the arrest. Like Mr. Hardy thinks he's innocent. Perry, obviously. Slim thinks he's innocent. The boys think he's innocent. I'm guessing when you involve a police officer, they may be like, well, hang on. Why – why do you think it was this guy? And then be like, oh, 
Yeah, we're not going to arrest him. Yeah. What are that's, the clues that you dumb. have right now? That's real dumb. What evidence do you have against this man? Well, we have a knob that has a, a, a clean polish on it. There's no fingerprints. Oh, Some... okay. So there's nothing to put against this man. Well, he knew the combination to the safe. Well, how many other people in your family know the combination to the safe? Well, my a... sister. <laughs> it was written on a Where's piece of paper. Where's she at? Yeah. That's a great question. It was on a piece of paper that blew out the window. So then, well, I, and why would you write that down? Why is he writing this down? It's yeah, they say it's a, such a simple, a simple, uh, code. simple number combination. Yeah. To write on a piece of paper and set in the library. I don't know. A lot. I say we skip the. the so she faints. Mrs. Robinson faints when she finds out. Yeah. They so they have to bring get the her smelling, smelling salts and, and her, her special, special medication. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you want, Mama? Which. Uh, uh, from a medical standpoint, I, so to be honest, I've never been around someone who's fainted. I know that some people do faint, and that's yeah. fine. But like, Mrs. Robinson faints because she's overwhelmed by this news, and then like quickly uh, like bring the smelling salts, and so like they bring the stuff back, uh, and she returns. The inhalant brought his, her his uh, excuse me, the inhalant brought her mother back to consciousness, and then uh, Paula gave her the medicine, and in a few moments, the woman was completely revived and apologizing for having word everyone. I'm just wondering, like. If, if you're a doctor, go ahead and shoot us an email, hardyandsonspodcast at gmail.com. If somebody faints, is it like protocol? Like, oh, quick as we can, get them back, get them back. Or is there some merit in being like, well, let's let them rest for like a minute, a minute <laughs> or two. Like they were clearly overwhelmed. Let's let their heart sort of pump some stuff that's before we stimulate them with, you know, everything that's been happening. Yeah. Maybe they fainted because their body was like, hey, body needs a minute. We'll be back. Yeah, because like, they'll wake up on their own eventually. Maybe you want to wake them up before that eventuality. But I, I, I just thought that was strange. Like, whoa, let the, give the woman a break. Let her faint. She's That's, lame over here. What? She's in a wheelchair. <laughs> she God. fainted. Let her breathe. If she's so lame. Why do you want to hang out with her so <laughs> <Yeah>. bad? <laughs> That's, That's... That also begs the question of how many times does she faint that she has this special medication and these smelling salts? And why don't they keep it closer to her? Yeah. Why do they? Why do it they should be have on a necklace around her. Yeah, around or her attached nose. Attached to her wheelchair. Just a, yeah. a tight necklace of smelling salts. Yeah. So she never faints. It's, right it's a mustache of smelling yeah. salts. Yeah. Oh. oh man. Okay. So so now we. Uh, so the, it's the next morning. Yeah, they 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 leave resting assured that they're going to find something. Do we have another? Um, and and then the the next scene here uh, is uh, first. There's two little last parts to the chapter. Uh, they're realizing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this sentence. It's uh, Frank remarking to Joe the next morning as the brothers were dressing. Yeah, again, again, again. Frank remarked, "There's a great deal about this case that hasn't come to the surface yet." It's just possible that the man who stole Chet Morton's car may have had something to do with the theft. And I wrote, yes, <laughs> it's just possible. There's no – it's not likely. The fact that it's not probable. It is yeah. technically possible that these things could be related. But that is – that's like somebody pushed me at school. You know, somebody took my buddy's car. Yeah. And then this like grand theft happened, this misdemeanor, felony, whatever – and it's like, yeah, it could be the same, but at this point, that's just a hunch. Okay. There's okay. no evidence. You f find me a red wig hair on the ground, and we'll talk. But at this <laughs> point, you're just, I feel like you're just being vindictive. Like he's like this this guy who got our goat before. He's he's back. He's getting another See, one I'm, of our goats. I'm with the Hardy Boys on this one, though. 
I mean, that's that's where I've been the whole time of like, there's been this random crime spree out of nowhere in this small little town. Of course, it's the same guy. Okay, but then again, I'm not a detective. You're not a juvenile detective. I'm not a juvenile detective. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah, this guy is definitely the one who's doing this. But then again, at the same time, now that I'm saying this out loud, how would he know the combination to the safe? Unless he's driving by that jalopy and he has his window down and, and a that piece, piece of, of paper, paper blows in. flies out the other window and goes into his car window. And he studies it and concludes <laughs> that it must be a combination to a safe. I suppose that's possible. So, then, But, but then, then Joe chimes in. He was a criminal. That much is certain. Is certain. He stole an automobile and tried to hold up the ticket office. So why not another robbery? And I thought, yeah, Ooh. he tried to hold up a ticket office and left when a second person showed up at a ticket office, a place <laughs> where they sell tickets to other people. Yeah. You should expect there to be people there. Like he did a very bad job with that robbery. He's not a good criminal. No, Th- this is no, already no. known. This man sucks at being a criminal. Uh, he just he knows how to get good wigs. And so, and so that that's going to come back. Joe's Joe's uh, hypothesis here comes back in a minute. Um, but then, right? I just realized that oh we God. never inspected Chet's cars for any clues to the thief. So let's do it. Where are the police? And, <laughs> and what are you doing? And why did you not inspect the car? Like yeah. you search for this car, you don't know who stole it. You finally the, find you the car. Search after the days. barn. Yeah, but you're not going to search the car. You put your ear to the ground, yeah, Joe. That, that is exactly where I went. You laid your head in the grass, <laughs> hearing for footsteps, and you didn't search the car, which you know the guy was in. Yeah. It's ridiculous. What are so, you doing, Joe? So then we, we've got, you know, a t- we'll say armed robbery yeah, uh, of the ticket office and then grand theft, which is – I don't What's the cutoff for grand theft? Do you know? No, There's no like idea. some amount of money where it's like – like you steal 200 bucks from somebody. You shouldn't, but okay. You steal $100,000 and that becomes, you know, another level. Yeah. And they, like we did the math and it was like $350,000. Oh, yeah. Uh, equivalent. Plus the jewels. Plus the jewels. Plus the jewels. Oh, yeah. That's good. So, so that's, that's, that's the uh, caliber of crime we're talking about right now. Yeah. Uh, and then so, uh, so Chet didn't bring his jalopy to school that day, so the Hardys had to submerge their curiosity until classes and baseball practice were over. And I just thought again, like you're not gonna skip baseball practice on this one, boys. <laughs> There's a robber loose with a gun who's stalking yeah. you, who is your threatening friend's you. dad is your friend's dad's in ready jail. to rot away. You could you could clear his name. Yeah. Yesterday you were all up on this guy. Well, he's an honest man. We got to save him. But you know, after baseball, baseball practice, practice. Gonna, I got to get some cuts in, pop. <laughs> yeah. Really. <laughs> Haven't swung the bat in a while. Really Let's do this. Rip today. Gotta spend some time on yourself every <laughs> once in a while, okay? So again, their their relationship with urgency yeah. is inconsistent. Is is how I'd summarize it. Too, at if this you're point. a detective, you truthfully want to be a detective. All you're gonna want that day is just like you know what? We should skip school and go check that car out. Yeah. They had to submerge their curiosity though, so it was submerged curiosity. Yeah. You have lunch breaks. Why didn't yeah. you just leave during lunch? Make some calls to wig shops. Yeah. Come on, there's, boys. There's, you can do some sleuthing. Yeah. They are not super sleuths anymore. So they're going to go. They go uh, to Chet's house. And, uh, of course, Joe offers, I'll look under the seats. Yeah. You put your head down, Joe. <laughs> yeah. you, you put your head down on the floorboards, on the ground, <laughs> whatever back you want. There. Listen for some footsteps on the floor of that car. And I'll search the trunk compartment. Yeah. All right, Frank. Real cute. There you head. go. Why, you couldn't just say 
<laughs> I'm going to search the trunk. Why did you guys say compartment? I don't know. It pissed me off. Made me so angry. So, um, yeah, Frank walks back, raises the cover, starts rooting under rags, papers, and discarded school books. Then he gave a cry of victory. And now here – so so getting ahead of ourselves, what yeah. he finds is important. It, it is relevant. It's been a, a key thing. Uh, spoiler, it's the wig. They find the red it's wig. It's the red wig. It's the red yeah. wig. But what Frank exclaims to announce his find is not like, oh, guys, I, I found a red wig or the red yeah. wig. What he says is – go ahead. Here it is. The best evidence in the world. <laughs> It's not even evidence. <laughs> yeah. They they you saw, saw him wearing it. <laughs> people saw a, the the red wig in the car yeah, already. They, they know that the red wig is associated with this car. This is a not known at all fact. great evidence. Um, and then here's here's another one of my favorite Hardy Boys <laughs> moments, which we've seen specifically with wigs several <laughs> times in this book already. But Frank uh, says maybe there's a clue inside the hairpiece. To which I wrote, yeah, maybe. <laughs> But then the next sentence, an examination failed to reveal any. I love this. They're always looking this, yeah. for, for clues in a wig. <laughs> and you know and he searched never every strand. Every strand. He went through every Combed single through strand. Callie was watching. <laughs> yeah. Having ourselves I mean, a good old-fashioned wig search. What do they think? That someone's going to buy a wig like, oh, I know I'm going to wear this wig to do a crime, so I should make sure and write my name in this put wig. Put my address up in the... Uh, <laughs> It's part. not your luggage, Hardy Boys. This is an accessory to the crime. <laughs> but seeing as it is the best evidence ever, uh, Frank <laughs> covered it in a handkerchief and put it carefully in an inner pocket. Those deep and pockets. I thought for a moment, what is an inner pocket? <laughs> Are you and thinking like inside of well, no, like on my pants, my pockets are outer pockets. Like they're on the outside. I would have to like unzip them to get to an inner pocket. Maybe a jacket. I'm thinking he's wearing that driving jacket again. But then I would say like he put it in his jacket pocket. Or is it, but to just say an inner pocket, I feel like it's a bit vague. I don't know, boys. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It just, it, it's one of those things. It stood out. It stood out to me. So then they go home and they're, Dad, we found a clue. But then they step back, embarrassed, as they realize there was someone else in the room. So they bust into Fenton's study. Yeah. And Fenton's got somebody in there. Turns out it's Slim. Uh-oh. It's only me, said Slim. Don't go. Hi, Slim. <laughs> and I wrote in the margin, read the room, boys. Like this this dude whose dad's in jail yeah. is talking to a detective. You need to relax with that need energy, to chill man. Chill out on the. Oh, hey, Slim, look what hey, we dude. found. We got a red wig. How was school, man? <laughs> yeah. We didn't see it. Baseball practice. Are you not committed to the team right now? Yeah. Because we're committed. You were worrying about your dad or something. <laughs> we were practicing grounders to first. <laughs> I know all about baseball. <laughs> Plays to first. Plays to first. Dude, That's yeah. something people say. <laughs> oh. So it, it turns out uh, Mr. Hardy's talking to Perry. Perry has been trying to shed a little bit more light on the tower robbery. Yeah. Duh. Why else would he be there? Like, yeah, and you again, don't need to say this. But no one has any evidence right now. Like, up until. Like Perry come, up until the wig. Yeah. But like Perry coming here and talking isn't. It isn't proving anything he didn't know before. 
Right. But now he's starting to share that he saw someone, but but there there was someone lurking around on the property. Oh, I I totally forgot about. This is the classic Hardy Boys thing of like, oh no, we didn't see anything. And then a few sentences later, it's like, oh wait, I totally forgot that this happened. Or like, I'm certain there's no way I would ever remember except that it was unforgettable. <laughs> yeah. This is crucial evidence for your dad, dude. What are you doing? I feel like if he wasn't just murmuring to himself all day like my dad's innocent <laughs> and thinking like we got to clear my dad, you can do that by shifting suspicion onto someone else. Perhaps yeah. the tramp that you thought may have been lurking around. But but here – so Joe said it earlier and here Mr. Hardy – um, it's about the red-haired man. It might concern the robbery. What's this clue you're talking about? Might concern the robbery, replied Frank. It's about the red-haired man. He took the wig from his pocket and told his father where he had found it. Mr. Hardy's interest was kindled at once. And then this is Fenton Hardy saying what I'm about <laughs> I know, to I say. I cannot believe this. This seems to link up a pretty good chain of evidence. No. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's just a wig. wig in a car. You already knew that that wig was the there. Where we knew the wig was yeah. in the car. But uh, this seems to link up a pretty good chain of evidence. The man who passed you on the shore road wrecked the car he was driving, then stole Chet's, and afterward tried to hold up the ticket office. When he failed there, he tried another and more successful robbery at the tower. Okay, sure. <laughs> that is a big le- – like, I That's understand your theory of, like, there's no crime in Bayport right now, so no. the one streak could be all that related, but – to say like, oh, this guy held up a ticket office and failed. Right. So then he was like, well, I'll try, I'll try another robbery. Here's the thing. That's the leap that I would take. And I have zero detective. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the reason we're not That's, detectives. It's because this is the This is what I would, would say. I'm a common person. It okay? would be a detective that would be like, actually, wait a second. Let's, let's not think jump about this. to circumstances. Let's not arrest let's someone think instantly. about this. Yeah. Uh, and, and Perry gets pumped about this. You know, do you really think the wig might help us solve the tower robbery? I like that they've given it a name. Yeah. By the way. The tower robbery. Tower robbery. That's pretty Look cool. Look at that. Um, so, yeah. Then Perry's like, uh, the, I, I forgot. I forgot. I, I didn't tell you this. But, yeah, there was somebody <laughs> lurking around on the property for several days that I saw at night in the trees, walking across the lawn. Um, I thought he was just a tramp. And <laughs> We when, all thought he was just a tramp. Well, I wrote. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, you're not going to call still somebody and be like, there's someone trespassing. These people don't know what to do with strangers on their land. And I feel like one of them wants to chase them down when they know they got a gun. The other one's like, well, that guy's just hanging around. And the other other one's like, hey, I'm going to put my head to the ground and see if (laughs) I can hear if someone's running. Wouldn't be able to tell the direction or anything, but it was just a, it was a different time, a more trusting time. Here's my favorite thing, though. Yep. Did he wear a hat? Or a cap? And here – again, I feel like the only evidence we have about this guy is he doesn't wear a hat or cap. That's yeah. all we know about the other person. So when he's like uh, – as I can remember, it was a cap. His clothes were dark. Okay. That doesn't that help. Yeah. That doesn't help at anything at all. You know this man cycles through wigs? Yeah. He sometimes he's sometimes hatted, he's sometimes hatless. He's a Actually, he's never to been date, hatted yet. He's never been hatted. He wasn't hatted outside. And uh, they kept asking, the like, you know, right. did he wear a hat? And so the fact that this person does wear a hat, I feel like the Hardy Boys would have been like, <laughs> "Damn oh, rats! It's not <laughs> yeah. our guy. Because our guy doesn't wear." Well, son, hats. couldn't you put a hat on? No, not this guy. We know this guy. It's, it's, it's not his mo. By the way, we think he's left Bayport because he hasn't shown up the wig shop yet. <laughs> yeah. 
I was still thinking about that, how Schwartz was like, I'll keep an eye out for this guy. It's like, you don't know anything <laughs> yeah. about him. You know nothing about this person. Everyone's a suspect. <sighs> so Hardy's like, okay. Fenton's like, I'll, I'll bring this to Mr. Applegate's attention, to which I thought, doesn't matter. His opinion. Talk to the cops and the people holding Perry's father in, yeah. in jail. You don't have to get permission to release him from Mr. Applegate. Um, but then uh, Perry asks, like, uh, do you think you can have him released? Fen Hardy says, I'm sure of it. Okay. Why didn't you do it? Or, like, yeah, why have you waited this long? What has this red wig done that makes you say, okay. You found a red wig in a now car that we was driven by someone who was wearing a red wig, and we knew <laughs> that all already? Okay. That's enough. That's enough to get Mr. Robinson out of jail. <sighs> It'll be wonderful if we can have Dad back with us again, said Perry. Of course, things won't be the same for him. Yeah, obviously not. He was just wrongly arrested yeah. of something he didn't do if he's released. The poor guy. Yeah, your life's never going to be the same. Your mom's going to have more fainting spells. <laughs> You're going to spend all of that stolen money on smelling salts. <laughs> salts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, life changed, buddy. That's how it works. Oh, God. Um, and and not a great not a great cliffhanger on, on the end of this one. Uh it's basically, you know, Perry talking about his dad's not going to be the same, and then Mr. Applegate won't employ him or anyone else. All the more reason why we should get him busy and clear up. Oh wait, what? Why we should get busy? And why we should clear get up busy and clear up the affair? Frank said quietly, and Joe added, "Slim, we'll do all we can to help your father." I wrote the end. <laughs> That wraps up everything right there. No cliffhanger, no anything. Just I mean, like, they're not right. even trying for cliffhangers nope. anymore. Nope. Cliffhanger hubris. They got greedy. They got greedy. Yeah. They, they used all their good ones. And now now we're not getting anything good. Oh. You want this sign off? You want this sign off to the next one? I mean, I hope we don't hate chapter eight. <laughs>